Maddie. And welcome to the Millennial Minimalist. Today we are speaking about the interconnection between minimalism and mindfulness, specifically how minimalism is a mindful lifestyle practice that can help us live more in the present moment. Minimalism inspires us to adopt mindfulness exercises to clear our mental clutter. And with great dedication, this lifestyle can help us achieve mindfulness in every moment. By eliminating life's distractions, we also gain greater focus and become more conscious of our thoughts, our attention to others, and the environment. Whether you are just adopting a minimalist lifestyle or you are actively practicing this lifestyle, our goal is to help you be at peace with where you are now and practice mindfulness through all of life's wins and challenges ahead. We hope to inspire you to merge mindfulness and minimalism to become more present and feel a greater sense of fulfillment. I'm actually really looking forward to this topic because I feel like being present is something we are talking about these days. It's trending now to be present. It's totally (laughs) trending. It's totally trending. And one of the ways that we can do that is by adopting this lifestyle. The minimalism lifestyle is a mindful way of living. And yeah, it completely is. And I like to say that it's a mindful lifestyle practice. I have decluttered so many things over the past year and a bit. And it's really allowed me to focus on whatever I'm focused on in that present moment and not feel distracted. Because I find that when you have things that you don't need or that you don't use, it can sometimes pull you in a different direction or make you think of things mentally that are distracting you from, you know, your current task at hand, right? So, so there's that piece. And then I thought, wow, like minimalism from a physical perspective helps us be more mindful and present. But then that can be applied to every other area of our lives as well. So by decluttering all of the areas of our lives, we then really have the opportunity to create the space and time to be more mindful with everything, like our energy, our attention, and our attention with ourselves and with our surroundings. So, Yeah, and your the stuff that you're using on a regular basis should, can show someone how present you are because if you have all this stuff hoarded from the past, clothes that don't fit you, stuff you don't wear, hobbies you don't do anymore, your garage is full of stuff, your closet's full of stuff, it shows people how present you, you aren't and how you're not living your life in the present. So interesting that yeah. our physical things can show that in some ways we're living in the past. I mean, I think it's okay to have certain things for memories, but I think a lot of stuff is junk. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not to say for everyone, because I'm sure there's people out there who have clutter and are super present. Absolutely. But for, for most people... And or we're living in the future. We go to the mall and we're buying, oh, I need this. Oh, I need that. And I think that... Like, or like, I want this in two years. I'm going to be here in five years. Like, it's good to have goals, set goals. But then yeah. you should also enjoy the journey, life journey, journey yeah. like our every day. So. Yeah, which um, Eckhart Tolle talks about so much. Your which favorite is author. Book. I've been reading and it is so good. What it is the is, book called? Uh, so I'm reading A New Earth. He also has The Power of Now, which I'm going to read next. Oprah actually interviews him on every single chapter of A New Earth. So you can read the book and follow along. I listened to all 10 podcasts and now I'm reading the book. So it's incredible if you're looking for that higher level of consciousness and your ability to be present. It has changed the way I, my perspective on presence altogether. Because I think that a lot of people, when they think of mindfulness and meditation, Like you can sit down for 15 minutes every day and focus on your breath. But if you can't apply that ability to stay in the present moment, 
throughout the duration of your life or throughout the duration of your day, you're really just listening to your breath for 15 minutes. Like, yes, that's a form of being present and a form of meditation. But the point is, is to take that practice and apply it to the rest of your day. I think it's a good place to start. It is a really good place to start. Yeah. The problem is, and we've talked about this previous podcast is people see, you know, yoga and meditation as an outlet to decompress. And it definitely is, is. But the problem is, we find ourselves in our stressful lives and then we go do these things to escape and then we come back to our stressful lives. Yeah, like you can't go do a yoga class and be mindful and present and then go back to work and stress and be anxious. Like the point is is to be present in the yoga class and then go back to work and be present in that moment at work. Correct. So like I think that's like the big misconception around being present or having this mindfulness practice, which I know you want to talk about. Yeah, I mean, so I looked up mindfulness. Uh, I wanted to get a definition. And I found that what I found was that it's a state of mind where we can focus on the present moment without thinking about past thoughts or future ideas. It's about staying present and centered within ourselves. So that's combined from a few definitions that I found. And from that idea, minimalism really is a lifestyle and a practice of being aware of our attention it helps mm-hmm. us be aware of what we're doing, especially in the present moment, because it helps clear our mind so that we can be present in every moment. Yeah. Uh, and it's a practice of being intentional, right? With our thoughts and our feelings. Uh, and then there's a practice, it's a practice of being aware of our surroundings. So being mindful of those around you, for example, rather than, you know, looking down at your phone when you're talking to someone, for example, and being aware of your surroundings in a thoughtful way, right? So you're not, you you check in with yourself before you do that, right? Whereas mm-hmm. rather than reacting, so it goes back to the idea of, let's say we're over dinner together and we're on a beautiful patio. It's still summer-ish out here in Toronto. And my phone, you know, I get a text message. You know, the, the former me would probably look and see, oh, you know, like who's texting me? Or maybe I'm gonna text them on the side under the table. And now it's, unless it's urgent, and I probably wouldn't even look at it, it's like, put it away and be present with you. Because now I'm mindful of it, right? Like now, now I think I need to be present in this moment. I also want to be kind to you. And another example is like, what if, if I'm like frustrated in a moment or something like that, I find myself mentally saying, stop, like, don't react in a frustrated way. Like, there's no point. I mean, that's totally imperfect. Like, I'm imperfect in that way. Like, no one's going to perfect that. Some people can, but I want to get there. But it's so cool that you're like, you notice that you're checking in with yourself. Well, Eckhart talks so much about the ego and how every, like, if someone says something or does something, it's against your ego. It's not against you. And that part of you that gets defensive or frustrated or angry is your ego. And if you can separate yourself from your ego, then it just it will not matter. Like nothing can touch you or affect you the way it does before. Okay. So So I wanted to talk to you about that. So you know that there are certain things in life that really trigger us. Yeah. Right. Those trigger moments. And, but I feel like since, since we started this podcast and kind of adopted the lifestyle even more, I've noticed that you are less triggered. You just you yeah, just, I am a because I would dwell on things and I would think yeah. about things forever and I would go over them in my mind and the future and the past and what I said and what I've done and now I'm able to like separate from that, especially recently because of this book. 
Yeah. So my idea of being present would mm-hmm. be to the person you're with be like, I'm sorry, I'm going to, or just say, I, I have to take this message mm-hmm. or just be one moment and then pick up your phone and be present in the phone and be message that person back and then come back and be present with the person you're with. What bothers me is not when someone texts, it's when they're trying to text and read their phone and they're having a conversation. Exactly. Like you have to be present in one moment and decide which moment that is. And you have to be okay with telling that person, oh, yeah. sorry, excuse me, like I just have to take this and I'll come right back. Yeah. Which is fine. Like, that's, I think that's completely normal. I think that's proper phone etiquette. I think what happens is some people, like, will look and they're like, oh, I can't do this right now. It's like, make a decision. Just be, like, in or out. Yeah. Don't be, like, And if you do it, maybe, and then you can see the ridiculousness if you're doing it 12 or 14 times while you're at the restaurant. So then you'll know to put your phone away. So there's just these, like, small ways to bring yourself into the present moment. So one of the things that takes us away from being present is mind-wandering, which is a good thing. Yeah, it can be. Mind-wandering inspires creativity, and it's a beautiful thing. But I think that when you're trying to be present, mind-wandering is not a good thing, especially uh, present to think about something else. Like if you want to focus on one thing or if you want to focus on that person who's in front of you, it's it can be... Uh, it can occupy our attention, right? So there's that. And then there's distractions and multitasking. So I find that what I do is I try to, I try to, when I, I I used to multitask a lot. Uh, Recently, my, my job was extremely busy. So I found myself multitasking a lot. And now I'm like, you know what? Now I'm going to make sure that I'm focused fully on each task. You know what I mean? Finish this one and then go to the next one. Like, that is so challenging. Like, I challenge our listeners to do that. Like, go, like, take a day to just do one thing at a time. Like, eat your dinner without Netflix on. Yeah. Like, walk to work without your headphones. Be present. Like, these are the I mean, little things that we can do. And it seems boring sometimes just sitting there eating dinner. But then you're more focused on what you're eating and you can listen to yourself when you're full or... Exactly. Yes. So I actually put together uh, a few daily mindful routines that I've incorporated into my life. So a couple times a week, uh, I walk to work without my AirPods on. So no music in the ears. That's good. You learn that you're more present when you're not listening to music. I've had that before. I remember I would always look around and think the city was so loud and there's so much construction, so many people. And now I just look around at fascination in it. And I'm like, wow, this city's like... There's so much stimuli. It's amazing. Yeah, that. And like, it's so funny because then you can actually listen to your thoughts in those moments too. So it's interesting. So there's that. Uh, Writing in my bullet journal. So once a week I write in my bullet journal and I find that when I do that, I'm fully focused on what my tasks are that week that I'm writing in my journal. So I love that time. It's literally five to 10 minutes of my time each week. And it just feels like an opportunity to just... Every time I leave that, I'm like, wow, like, I was really focused. Just like when you read a book, yeah. and then you leave that hour, and you're like, oh, wow, that was really... It was really nice, because it's so easy in those times to be focused. Yeah. Because there's not things competing for your attention, is what I'm going to say. Yeah, I actually feel more satisfied and more accomplished when I give each task full yeah. attention. And you feel better after, like, less anxious. I hate doing two things at once. Oh, yeah, I know. I know you do. 
Eckhart always says, what you do, how you do something is primary. What you're getting out of it is secondary. Like if you're at a restaurant and someone takes that extra moment to put down the plate nicely in front of you and they're present, that presence, like it just, it makes a difference. And it's those quality moments. And he talks about how greatness is an illusion and that all we have are these just these single moments that are an extension of each other and that greatness can ever only be in this moment. Like the, just the way that we think about it, like we're always on to the next thing, striving for the next thing, wanting the next thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, but all life is, is this exact moment. I love what you just said. It reminded me of a story before I talk about my third yeah, daily mindful routine. Yeah. So before that in my office environment, I actually found myself, so the guy who ran ran sales in my office, wonderful guy, and we'd always strike up some conversations, and sometimes I'd find myself trying to, like, speed up the conversation because I know that I'm busy, like, I want to get this done yeah. that's in front of my face, and I'm like, no, like, you can afford a minute or two. Mm-hmm. Everybody can afford a minute or two to give someone their full attention, and, you know, to build that that culture in the office, right? So I actually had to stop myself. I was like, like, stop doing that. I mean, and if you really do need, if so, if you're on a deadline and you have two more minutes to submit something, then communicate that to him. Like, rather than yeah, trying to speed things him. up, right? Yeah, that's good. I feel like from you not having read this book yet, you have a lot of information that you already apply to your life. Thank you. Well, um, I still want to re- read read both books. So. Yeah, I want your um, take on them. So those are your three. So, uh, no, so my third one is eating my breakfast yeah. uh, without anything. No, no music, no uh, Netflix. Uh, side note, I really love the show 13 Reasons Why. Great Netflix show. Uh, and then folding my clothes. So mm. so this is on your point of you do things with care. You put your, pl- your plate down with care. Yeah. When you have... And when you've decluttered your closet and you have smaller, high-quality wardrobe, which we've talked about in previous episodes, you will take care of every piece like it's your favorite. Yeah. And you give time to that. And that's why you don't have a mess because you're like, I've made the time to figure out what I need and what I don't need and own the things I do need and then design my house around that so that I can take care of every piece and it's not easy for the place to go upside down, right? And how can you possibly care and appreciate every item you own if you own so many? Like if your closet is stuffed to the brims and you're constantly shopping, how can you ever just take that time to appreciate what you have and to use it and to take care of it? Like that's kind of the irony of the whole thing. Exactly. And and right now with summer turning into fall, well, here in Canada, yeah. all of the amazing fall clothes are out. In stores. Yeah. Have you seen them yet? Have you seen all the beautiful sweaters that are um, in all the stores? I've gone to some of them. Okay. But I'll like try things on a few times to really narrow down exactly what I want for the next yeah. season if I want anything. Exactly. And but sometimes it can be more overwhelming. We've talked about this. So right near my office there are tons of shops. Uh, while I haven't really made time for it, I also don't need to make time for it. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking, oh I need one one sweater and I thought Maybe I'll get one sweater this year, but I have tons of sweaters. I mean, not tons, but I have a few sweaters that I really, really like. So anyway, so then I became inspired that day, and we posted actually on our Instagram. Uh, It was Closet 101. Know what you own. Keep what you need. 
think before you buy. And I should note that that was our most liked post to date. Wow. Yeah. So it's true though. And I think that's something we need to know now because it's like, before you go into that store, know what you own, keep what you need, and then think before you go in. Because right? people go, I think that's if anything, where anywhere where people are mindless, it's in a, a mall. Yep. Because you're so just reactive to what's going on. You're like, oh, it's really yeah. cold outside. I should probably get that. Even though I have 10 in my closet. Yeah. <laughs> but this is new. It's like, well, then get rid of the other things. I know it sounds it sounds easy coming from me, but I know it's even tough for me. Some things I'm like still holding on to. So I, it's still, again, a continued challenge for both of us. But the majority I've kind of, I've gotten rid of that I don't need some. No, you've gotten rid of a lot of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. So the next thing I want to talk about is how minimalism has has made me more mindful and present. And then I want to know how it has for you. Okay. Uh, so we've talked about a couple things, but it's inspired me to be less reactive, as I said, especially when it comes to my smartphone and my email. And this way I can do deep work and give myself and others my full attention, right? It goes back to Eisenhower's urgent importance matrix. So there's that. And then it's also inspired me to work through my emotional clutter. We did an episode on emotional minimalism and... For me, it, it helped me basically work through negative thoughts. I mean, we all have them. Uh, we all have negative thoughts that don't serve us. And that really helps us be more mindful and present because we're clearing that clutter. <sighs> Sorry. Um, there's a really interesting book called A Stroke of Insight. It's about a girl who had a stroke, but she the part of her brain where it happened was in the part that controls the future and the past. And she could only be in the present moment while she was having the stroke. And she said it was so fascinating just looking around and like how present she was because she didn't even have the part of her brain that to have uh, other thoughts. To have other thoughts. Whoa! And it, it was crazy. Like if, and if you who's the author? Book, I have to look up the author. There's actually a podcast on her too. Oprah interviews her, but but it's crazy how small the part of the brain is that controls your thought system and how useless like you talk about negative thoughts they they, they do not serve us they have no purpose and most of them that most of what we're thinking that's negative is not correct like we'll come up with scenarios oh yeah that person said that i think they think that and it has nothing to do with actually what's going on it just eats inside of you and you really need to work on them again emotional minimalism highly recommend the episode because it's not, it's not your mental clutter, it's your emotional clutter. It's things that, for example, a situation that you haven't grieved, uh, a situation that maybe really hurt you, uh, that you haven't confronted. So all those things are very important. And then, so another thing that's inspired me to be more mindful is decluttering my mental thoughts that distract me from being fully present. So... Sometimes I'm like, and it's usually because I'm looking at something that's not what I'm focused on, or I'm thinking about something that happened yesterday, or I'm thinking about the, or stressing about the future, right? So all those things, right? So stop, stop yourself, like capture it, like mentally, and just like, no, go back to this. It's okay to like drift and like wander, but then stop yourself. Like it really, really helps. It's, it's kind of like training yourself. Uh, and then the fourth thing is it inspired me to simplify as, you know, my physical space so that I can be more focused and less distracted because less stuff is less opportunity for distraction. So, no, no, it's so true. So how has minimalism made you more mindful and present? Well, I, first I want to say what my minimal or my mindfulness practices. Okay. So I think 
having a mindfulness practice is so important because it's so hard to be mindful and it takes so much work to do it on a conscious level as often as you need to. The more you find time to meditate or to do yoga or to read or to be quiet and you strengthen the times where it's easier to be present than the times where it's not easy to be present, like when you're upset about something or if your boss yells at you or if there's an issue, those are the times where it's hard to be present, right? Absolutely. But sitting in a meditate or sitting in a yoga class, that's super easy to be present. But the more present you get in yoga, the more you'll be able to apply it to other areas of your life. So that's why meditation is so key. It's so key, yeah. But like I say, you have to like use it in other areas. So I wake up super early. And what I love about waking up early is that the city is still quiet. So yeah. when I, I used to always wake up at six and it's, there's like no lights on. In you the still city. wake up at six. I still wake up at six, even yeah. on my days off. And I make a cup of coffee. And right now I'm reading Eckhart Tolle. So it's like. Even on your days off. This is amazing. I had today off. I love sleeping in. <laughs> I cannot sleep in for life me. So just that one hour, especially reading a book on spirituality and having a cup of coffee with a city of still asleep is like, that is the greatest form of meditation. I do agree with you. Side note, like during the week, I always wake up around that time and I just love it. Yeah. It's so like, I could not just wake up and go to work. Like I need that time to wake up nicely and then after I do my ballet and, and that I, helps with the rest of the day it helps with the rest of the day because then you're not waking up on like a bad note stress mode notes. yeah um I usually do my ballet workout after and I love listening to piano while I do it and just like stretching and doing the exercises and listening to the piano it's so peaceful you're such an old soul I'm such an old soul and then I get ready and then I start my day and whatever that is, whether it's working on my writing or selling real estate or working on the podcast, whatever it is, I can do it and I can be focused and I can be present. And yeah. there are times when my mind goes or something affects my ego or I get upset about something, but I'm much more aware of what's going on. And just bringing awareness to those thoughts yeah. in and of itself is presence. So if you're like, oh, my boss said this and I'm going to get fired and then if I get fired, I'm not going to be able to pay this. Just acknowledging that you're that's happening in and of itself is presence. Absolutely. Rather than like acknowledging it and then not stressing yeah. about it because you're doing things to make you feel good in those moments. Even though this thing's going on, you're doing things to kind of... Yeah, and just stop your mind from going down that, that wow, road. Wow, that's really smart. Like, I want to get to where you are. One of the things I also noticed is that because minimalism has made us more vulnerable... Meaning, like, for example, this podcast. Yeah. We are completely ourselves communicating to anybody who, can, who wants to listen. I right? know sometimes I'm like, what did I say on this podcast? And, but then I'm like, you know what? It doesn't matter. But we're vulnerable. <laughs> I need to live in the moment. We're vulnerable yeah. because everybody wants to get there. And we want to help other people get there. Yeah, and, and I'm not there yet. Like I, I don't think any of us will fully I ever be there. I don't think anyone will ever get there. That's why life is about growth. I just want to get as far as I can with it. But that doesn't even matter because I need to appreciate where I am. Right but now. what's really cool about it is that I find we have become inspired to pursue activities that are most authentic to us. Yeah. So basically, we're being mindful about the activities that we're giving our attention to that maybe we wouldn't have in the past. And an example for that with you is that you know, maybe comedy wasn't something that you would have been open to in the past. And now you're yeah. like open to it, which is so, so scary. Like they say, it's if you can do so comedy, scary. you can do anything. Is that what you said? 
You told me a couple uh, days Steve ago. Steve Martin said stand-up comedy is the ego's last stance. Because you're so vulnerable on stage. Like, I love that. Yeah, it is. No, my, my dad said if you can make it in Toronto, you can make it anywhere in the world. <laughs> Which I was... That's kind of awesome, I don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe because we're from small towns. But, um, but uh, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it makes you so much more open to things. Um, he also says in the book, and this is the last thing I'll say about him, highly recommend the book, is that if you... Your ability to know what you're meant to do is not a thought, it's a feeling. Mm. So when you're doing something, you're like, you have the feeling like, oh, like there's like, it excites me. Your, your joy, yeah, like there's joy, there's enthusiasm, there's excitement. It's not a thought process. You're not yeah. like, because people are always like, what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. What is my passion? Mm-hmm. What is, whereas this process, when you're present, you're in the moment and you're paying attention, that's when you're able to feel that, like, oh, wow, this. This brings a lot of joy to my life. You know what's beautiful? Is like, I could say, Lauren, let's go do a Pilates class. You wouldn't enjoy that as much as you would doing your ballet beautiful in the morning. Yeah. And what's beautiful, the fact that you've figured out what you love and what you enjoy. You've found this exercise. And then when you're doing this exercise, you can be more mindful. I know. And that's the beauty of finding things that kind of can cross over. And things like learning how to play a musical instrument force you to be in the present moment because you can't have your thoughts wandering that's true it's a challenge same with um like they say people are very in the moment when they're in a like you're running or you're lifting weights or doing something physical yeah i find that running for me is my outlet really really helps me basically organize my thoughts yeah Yeah. but i want to say the point too is that your ability to be present is gives you the opportunity to dabble. So if you're like, hey, Lauren, let's go to I love your class. word, dabble. I, I really like that word. And <laughs> I, I had never done Pilates. Then I should be open to trying Pilates because what if I like Pilates more than ballet? But I've tried Pilates, and I know that I like ballet more, so I'm going to do it over that. And you know that your mind would wander in that because you'd be disinterested through through that situation. Well, um, or less interested. Yeah. Well, he talks to... Eckhart talks about accepting the present moment, and if you can't accept it, then um, you should get out of it. Yeah. So you would just have to accept it. But, yeah, I guess knowing yourself, too, and what you like and what you want to do. Yeah. It's so cool because then you're like, whoa, like, when I'm living authentically or I'm living the life that I want to, we always say that minimalism is a lifestyle template. When I'm living by by what's true to me, you you feel more connected to yourself uh, which is part of the definition of mindfulness. And you can be like most mindful in those situations. So to conclude, yeah. I've kind of figured out that minimalism and mindfulness are really interconnected. They really are two of the same things. Um, minimalism is a mindful lifestyle practice, as I said. And together they work to help bring more calm, presence, and intention in our lives. Right? Yeah, no, I love that. And another thing I want to say is that Wherever you are in your minimalism journey, whether this is the first time you've listened to a podcast or you're in the process of it, the whole point of being mindful is to accept where you are in your journey and not get frustrated and not like be happy with where you are right now. Be happy with what you've been able to get rid of or donate or what you stopped buying and what has already come to your life or if you're in that process because I think it can be so frustrating getting started with this. Overwhelming. Overwhelming. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. Start in one area. And presence and mindfulness will take away that frustration because it'll just put you in the moment. And that 
being in the moment is going to, it will bring your attention to, to what needs to be done and what you're overbuying and, and where you need to remove access from your life. It's true. Well, I mean, a little mini challenge could be ask yourself, write three things, three to five things in your life that are distractions. And then figure out if those are things that you need or use and or get rid of them. Yeah, no, I love that. That's, and then you can start from there, whether it's physical clutter or mental clutter, emotional clutter, digital clutter, etc. And yeah, so to conclude, I, I, I strongly believe that minimalism and mindfulness helps us gain a greater sense of connection with ourselves and our surroundings because you're more present with those around you as well. And through this, I've gained a greater awareness of my conscious mind. And I think that's why I'm super excited to read that book that, you, that you're suggesting. And at the end of the day, you're going to feel greater fulfillment because you're going to feel like you're moving through life with intention and with it, like you'll be aware of your attention in every moment, which will enable you to feel more calm and just, just feel like more present. So it's just yeah. a beautiful thing. I know it's, it's kind of like a look beyond life conversation, but it I just is. love it. Because it's like a whole nother dimension or a way of thinking. And I've read so many books on how to think. And it turns out that the thinking mind is what you should be trying to get away from. I would love to talk to some of our listeners one day as well yeah, about all these, these conversations and just minimalism of the mind, especially it's fascinating. And it's super challenging. It is very challenging. I think it's a lot more challenging than, not owning that much physical stuff. Yeah, and every time I meet somebody on the street or somebody in my network, they always say, oh, I didn't realize minimalism was more than the physical things. Yes, yes yeah. it is. So for those who are listening to this as maybe their first episode, uh, definitely check into our earlier episodes about uh, decluttering your life, um, starting with the physical and moving into the mental and the digital and the emotional and uh, the spiritual we have not connected on, but uh, we should talk about that in the future. Okay, well, that was really nice, Lauren. That was really good. I really enjoyed that conversation. This is awesome. We haven't done a one-on-one in a while. In a long time. So that's really, really cool. And I know uh, we just recently received a review. Uh, Thank you all for your kind reviews on iTunes. We really, really appreciate it. The more reviews that we receive, the more guests that we can have on the show and the more podcasts that Lauren and I can record. So thank you so much. Yeah, so is there anything you want to add? No, that's all for tonight. Okay, amazing. All right, well, thank you guys so much, and we will talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Bye-bye.